Well, speaking of that, a guy who can do whatever he wants to do, Frank Dolce joins us right here in 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The quarterback right here who joins us. What's going on, Frank? How you been? Yes, I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, I I can do whatever I want. I do whatever I want. <laughs> it has been it's proven. True. It's absolutely true. I mean, you are rich, so in, in comment and well, blessing. I don't know about rich, yeah, rich and blessing. Yes, yeah. rich and blessing. Absolutely. Now, before we why go, why don't they take that guy's ownership? That why don't they take that guy's ownership? How I dare mean, you? How dare you, Frank? Why would you suggest well, such an awful, horrible punishment for a man who physically assaulted another player in the league? A team owner. I mean, doesn't don't we have to hold those guys an owner of a team? Don't they understand? Don't they have to be held to a higher standard? Apparently not. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you 100. percent I don't think I think he should have been written a check in the tunnel that night yeah. and said we never want to see you again. Here's your money. What an Get idiot. walking. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, what 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 if he would have done the right thing and jumped out of his chair and helped Lowry up and back onto the court and dusted him off and all of that and clapped and <laughs> and did the right thing? I mean, he would have trays up and down the mountainside, but. But instead, he decides to push a player as an as a part owner of a professional franchise. It just doesn't make any sense. No, tell him to go bleep himself like several times. Like, over and it's over. It's not just yeah. yeah. I mean, this was not. A, yeah. And it wasn't a reflex reaction. It's not like oh, he's coming at me and I put my hand out. No, you took a shot at him and then you stood there and you could have very well at least de-escalated it. You didn't. You acted like a, a complete idiot. Now all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean that was my thing with the NBA. I, I'm if you want to send the message, hey, zero tolerance. We're not going to put up with this. You can't do this. These players are not going to be treated like this. Great. Now that happens, yeah, right. you better be ready because no. Until you have right. a singular standard, you're, you're just going to sit there and look. You're going to look foolish. And so right now, I think it, they were put in the position where they're like, oh wait, we just set the level at lifetime ban. And now we really have to figure out what we're going to do at this moment. Anyway, it was, that was absolutely crazy. Uh, you excited Great. for uh, football coming up here in a couple of months? I mean, what um, as you kind of evaluate the Utes and think about that team overall, there's, there's all this hype and expectation. In a conference like the Pac-12, the deck starts to get in your favor where you're riding the wave up and some other teams are kind of not where they want to be. What are your thoughts kind of on Utah expectations and you know, what they have to fulfill those? Well, expectations are high, and I think they should be high based on everything that's happening around the conference at, at the moment. So Utah has a lot of good people coming back, and they have good depth, and, and a quarterback who's been there for a few years and experience and what should be a really good running game and some guys coming back on the offensive line. I mean, they, and, and then the defensive line looks like they're about eight or nine deep at the, at the, at the defensive line. They're, the only real question mark is going to be the linebackers, I think, but lots of athleticism there. I like the defensive backfield. <laughs> the biggest question mark maybe on this football team is the, is the kicking position, which hasn't really been a question mark for several years. So that, that, that will be interesting. But, but relative to the conference, I mean, what, what is – I, I, USC's talented. I don't think that they, they've done enough that to get – Helton hasn't done enough to get all of the – everything he can out of that talent, and I don't think he's necessarily going to do that this year. And then the rumor popped up about Urban Meyer. I think that's kind of interesting with USC. 
I, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen with UCLA and Chip Kelly. I thought he was underwhelming his first year, and maybe that was to be expected, and, and he'll get things rolling this year. But they're kind of a question mark. I like Herm Edwards. I like what, what, what he did his first year. And I would like to see that guy succeed. So I'm going to say that Arizona State's going to going to going to do a little something and make a little noise in the conference, and they're going to be uh, certainly a challenge. I don't know about Arizona. I don't know if Arizona is going to rise to the challenge. I just don't know that Colorado has enough talent around. So it's, the South looks as ripe as it's ever been for Utah to pick it off and then get themselves into a conference championship sort of game, and then you. You know, you have to go look at the North and what they're going to do. I never really count out Stanford. I think I like I like what Oregon's doing. I like the head coach up there. Oregon State. I I don't know if they're going to figure figure it out this year. And and then uh, Washington should be good. Washington State always gives you know Utah trouble if they happen to find themselves in a couple matchups this year. So in terms of the conference, the North I think is 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 the cream of the crop right now. The South is ripe for the taking, and so expectations should be high based on what Utah has coming back. And what about a specific player in mind? Because uh, on the one hand, Tyler Huntley was playing really well uh, before he got hurt, and everyone had wanted to see that. The problem with that is now that's the basement to start the ceiling is how he was playing uh, before he got hurt. That's where I want him to start the season is that fair or is that uh, an unfair expectation that I have for him? No, that, that's yeah, that's exactly where he should. That's exactly where he should be. I mean, guys that guys in in the professional ranks who go out and play really well one year and then they don't capture that level the next year. Those guys don't find themselves in long term starting position. So, I mean, it shouldn't necessarily be any different at this level. I think what what Utah has to have is two two guys ready to go at the quarterback position, and and it looks like with with Huntley and with Shelley they have that option. And I only say that because I'm I, I'm concerned about Huntley staying healthy throughout a football season. He just hasn't demonstrated over his first two years, and so I don't know why we would expect that this year would be any different. I, I'm not sure that he's technically going to come back and be 215 or 220 pounds this year. That's just not likely. And, and so the way that he plays and the aggressiveness with which he plays, I don't think that's going to change either. And, and so he's going to put himself in, in harm's way. And you're going to have to have a guy to step in. And, and so the, you know, the, the other huge positive for Utah is that they have a proven commodity in, in the second position in Jason Shelley. And I don't think there's an enormous drop-off in, in those two positions. I think Huntley is more dynamic than Shelley and maybe can make a few more plays than Shelley, but I don't think there's a huge drop-off in terms of productivity with that position group when you go from Huntley to Shelley. And I think that's what the big difference is for Utah this, this year is that the quarterback position is solidified. Uh, an offensive coordinator who I think is going to be, from the beginning, more foundational in the run game like they should have been for the last couple of years, and then utilizing Huntley's strengths, which is not necessarily throwing the ball downfield, but high percentage passes, and then design quarterback runs maybe five or six times a game, added to the times that he's going to scramble in a game. Maybe he gets up to nine or ten times, nine or ten runs per game. And I think that's the right formula. 
All right, the junior year of Brian Johnson statistically and the junior year of Tyler Huntley statistically have some similarity to it, you know, some some comparable numbers there. Um, in your eyes, why did it work well with Ludwig and Brian Johnson, and could something like that be duplicated in this 19 season, in this situation, or is it too different? Uh, I don't think it's too different. I think Huntley's more athletic than Brian Johnson, but Brian Johnson... Um, I, I, it would be hard-pressed to say that somebody understood the game better than Brian Johnson, the way that he could read a defense, understand what was happening on the defensive side, put his offense in the right situation every time. And I think that was the magic of Brian Johnson. Now, the interesting thing about Brian Johnson is if you go back to his senior year, and it's hard to recapture this because it won't, the, the stats don't tell the story, but in the majority of those games – it felt like Utah went through three quarters of play and all of us were just scratching our heads like, what, is, what are the Utes doing? They just can't get out of their, the way, their own way. And it's Brian Johnson isn't playing well and, and he's, not on, he, he's not on target. He's not making the right reads. He's, he's, he's getting harassed. I mean, just everything seemed to be going wrong. And then this miraculous fourth quarter comeback and that seemed like it happened week in and week out with that <laughs> with that particular football team that went undefeated yep. and then beat Alabama and and by the way that that game that they played in against Alabama was a com- almost a completely different offensive philosophy than what they did throughout the year so Andy Ludwig changed it up in that final game they were trying to do their best to protect Brian Johnson and keep him healthy. So, so the zone read and the quarterback run game that really wasn't an option throughout much of that football season. Only when they got to the Sugar Bowl did Brian Johnson all of a sudden become the the Brian Johnson that we thought he was going to be in a lot of zone read and running the ball and keeping the defense off balance with his legs. So, it was an interesting mix of the way that they managed the football season and then and then ran it into the into the bowl game. And so. I really like Coach Ludwig's experience, and I like what he's done with his time after he left the University of Utah and his ability to, to maximize the talent that he has available. And I think you saw that, especially last year, what he did with Vanderbilt and, and getting that team in, into winning situations in games when maybe they shouldn't have really been in the game and manufacturing offense with the tools that he had available. And, and so I think he comes in here without an ego, with, with, with his only thought as, how can we be most productive on offense? What are the tools that I have to work with, and how can I maximize that talent? And with that in mind, I think he's going to be you know, strongly based in the run game, and like, like I was saying earlier, utilizing Huntley where he, his talents really fit kind of this high-percentage passing game, moving around at the line of scrimmage, and then keeping a defense off balance five or six times a game in the run game. Frank, you've heard our incriminating audio uh, bit that we do here on the station, right, where we make a bet, and if we're wrong, we have to record incriminating audio. You've heard that, correct? <laughs> yes. yes. I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm scared about I'm, knowing where this I, is going. I, I, yeah, that, that's my concern. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that because, in mind, yeah. <laughs> if, if you had to have incriminating audio on the line, who is leading the Utes in uh, 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 passing, or I'm sorry, in receiving yards this coming season? Who leads the Utes in receiving yards this Brit, season? Britton Covey. 
Okay, and if that's the case, are you good enough to win the South? Absolutely. Because of the running game? Yeah. Yeah, I, Man, I, I see, I, I keep going back to the idea that really? Britton Covey can't be the number one wide receiver on a championship team. He can't. Well, to win the South this why, year? Why Why can't Edelman be the number one receiver on a championship yeah, team? Yeah, right. Well, he's Wait got Tom second. Brady. When, tell me when, tell me the last time Tom Brady threw a ball 40 yards downfield. And it wasn't to a tight end. Oh, okay, well, that just took well, it all well, right yeah, out. <laughs> I was just about to say. I was like, uh, he had the one to Gronk. It might have been 32 yards. Yeah. So you heard it here. Frank Dolce says Tyler Huntley is Tom Brady. No. That's I'm, not. I, I said. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Believe, <laughs> nice. I, don't believe, I don't believe in offense, and I think the New England Patriots demonstrate this every year. You don't have to throw the ball downfield to be successful on the offensive side. Hell, you, the Patriots don't even have a really successful running game. I mean, it's ridiculous the way they manufacture offense. So Utah has, a, has significant advantages in the way that they can run the football, should be able to run the football, and they have incredible depth yeah. at the running back position. That's going to be difficult. How do you get a, a bunch of those guys' carries? And, and you're just not going to be able to get all those guys' carries. So that's another problem. But Utah doesn't have – I don't think Utah has to throw the ball downfield. I mean, this whole thing about keeping – keeping a defense spread out and loosening them up. Yeah, you want to take a shot and make sure you keep people honest, but that doesn't mean you have to throw the ball downfield ten times a game and complete half of those. I, I mean, I, I just – you utilize the, the talent that you have available, and if they start double-teaming Britton Covey, what does that mean? Somebody else is not being double-teamed. Somebody else has single coverage, or somebody else is going to find themselves open, and that could become back onto the quarterback and offensive coordinator to find those – those weaknesses. So, I think I think Britton Covey leading this the, the, the football team in reception yards and and having a few rushing yards as well. That that by that at by no means at all does that does that put Utah in a in a tenuous situation where they no. can't win a championship. If Britton Covey is leading the team in receptions and yardage, I think they're well on their way to a championship. Well, it's it's. I think the game of football has proven there are many different ways to get this done. Many different ways to get this done. I mean, the the, the St. Louis Rams showed that you can just chuck it down the field to Holt and Bruce all day. I think that, you know, yep. I mean, there's plenty of teams that have dinked and dunked their way to something like a Super Bowl. Um, there are teams that were run-oriented. Uh, we, we've seen it all in all the years. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I, and especially this year in the South, I think this year in the South, it's down to such a level that... I mean, there there are a variety of ways you could get it done. I mean, I, I don't see, uh, and it was a different discussion, I don't see a bounce-back year for the Pac-12. I want it to be, but I don't see this bounce-back uh, two legit playoff contending teams late in the season, you know, legitimate. I think maybe outside looking in, uh, but it's going to be a, you know, yeah, this is a year where I, I don't doubt that you could win the South and not even necessarily play even your best ball the whole time. So, hmm. Specific, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I'd like to see the Pac-12 have a bounce back. It's not this year. I think that you know, let, let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out there that I think may, I don't know. We'll see how people react, but I think the commissioner and the Pac-12 should do everything in their power to go out and find a job for Urban Meyer at USC because USC needs to be relevant in the Pac-12. That's the, you know, I, hey, I love the University of Utah. I'm a University of Utah guy. 
But USC, the tradition, the ability to recruit, the championships, being in L.A., when that team is good in the Pac-12, the level of the Pac-12 changes. And when they're not as good, it feels like the level of the Pac-12 also changes in a, in a bad way. So yeah. if I'm the Pac-12, I'm saying I'm trying to figure out a way to say, hey, Urban, take your year off and do your commentating. And when you're ready to go, the Coliseum is open and, <laughs> and it's your job. All right, man. Thank you, Frank. Always well love done. it, man. Frank, thanks so much. We're out of time. we got to run. But uh, we'll be in touch again, and we'll continue this conversation. But uh, always appreciate a few minutes, man. Thanks. Absolutely, of course. Love talking with you guys. Talk always, to you man. Soon.